of cake. We players defined by our mistakes. So happy birthday. Hooray! Blow the candles out. Start another year. Here's what you know. Do you want to hear something about me that's changed yes, my life always. for the better yes. that you're going to yes. hate? Oh, I'm going to hate it? Yeah. Oh, Does yeah. it involve stabbing people in the eye? Mm-mm, no. Okay, it's cool. Like, it's, cool. Cool, 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 cool. I'm an actual garbage person. Okay, are you ready? Let me swallow, swallow my LaCroix. <laughs> I started going to Soul Cycle, and it's incredible. <laughs> nice. I know. Thank you. Anyway. I I've done that like you. I've done that like once, and I, really? thought, I thought it was really fun. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. We should go. Yeah. Tell me, I, I would go again. Okay, <laughs> what happens in there? Um, you just you, get on a bike. You get on a bike. You, there's a lot of music playing, and you ride really hard. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of music, and you ride really hard, and they scream inspirational yeah. things at you. Oh God, that sounds it's, awful. It sounds awful, but like when I'm exhausted, it's like what I need to hear. Anyway, that's all. I could talk about that for two hours, so I'm not going to. All my friends are so annoying. <laughs> I'd be the one in the back. They yell something inspirational. I'd be like, shut the fuck up. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, yeah, I would too normally, but it's just something about it. I'm like, here's all of my money. Like, thank you. <laughs> okay. Okay. We we should be good. Good to go. Good to go. Yeah. I feel, I feel good. You feel cool. good? I feel good. You feel good? I'm so good. I'm so excited for this. I'm good too. I'm excited. Rob, are you excited? We just got into I'm good. very excited. Good and everyone is good and excited. <laughs> We're good and excited. Good and excited. That's how we like to start. Hi, everyone. Yay. Hey. Hi. Welcome to Here's What You Don't Do, the podcast where we look at stuff and we were like oh my gosh what who thought that was a good idea thing to happen and we're like <laughs> it was us and now it's not us anymore and we go ha 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 exactly we're better i love it hopefully <laughs> <laughs> i'm your host sam Domboski, over turning dials and hearts is rob tunstall hi rob i thought you were gonna say like turning dials and then like beaming smiles oh i'm not i'm not clever like that but thank you for outdoing me <laughs> i'm sorry what a good way to start <laughs> no you're the you're the musical one anyway actually i think i'm the only not musical hey. one in the room hi erica hi. welcome hi thank you oh man i am so excited to bring my most shameful story to this <laughs> podcast <laughs> The level of energy happening right now going into this is so exciting. It is so embarrassing. Like, there's so many embarrassing things about the story, but it's also, oh, it was, it's a good one. Um, Don't start yet. I won't. Okay. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think like. I've become too open of a person and because of that, I've been sleeping very well. Maybe such a thing. Yeah. I go to sleep very quickly. Because <laughs> you, because you've tuckered yourself out from yes, all your sharing, it's like tuckering <laughs> myself out like a dog from oversharing, and also just like if if there's no filter before people go to bed, allegedly they like think about the mistakes they've made, things like that. I just sleep. It's like the eyes are shut and I'm out. <laughs> like I cannot relate. I have nothing to reflect on. No, I passed I'm like, all mm, of it on to I, other people. Exactly. <laughs> 
and in seven days you have to make a copy of it and give it to yes. somebody else or you die. <laughs> or I'll just like think about it when I'm, I walk a lot and I'll listen to music and just like think about stuff. And I'm like, oh, that was embarrassing. All right, time for work. <laughs> but this is a beautiful coming of age tale about hives, about love of celebrities, about freaking out. It's a goodie. That's such a beautiful summary. It's about a fake peanut allergy or a real peanut allergy. <gasps> Stay tuned to find out. <laughs> and our first commercial break. <laughs> That's not real. Oh. We're right on back. We don't have sponsors. Oh, not yet. <laughs> not yet. I'm waiting for the inevitable Blue Apron commercial. Oh, yeah. That seems to be the podcast default. They know you don't want to leave the house. No, that's so true. <laughs> that's why they also sell you beds. Yeah. <laughs> it's beds and snack boxes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but before we dive in, everyone take a moment. Close your eyes. Unless you're in space. You don't want to miss what's going on out there. It's pretty cool. Take a deep breath. And think to yourself about what you're doing right now and ask, is it a good idea? Now you do it. I can't do it for you. Are you digging a hole in your backyard and you didn't do that thing where you check with the public utilities to make sure there isn't like a power line or something? That's really irresponsible. Mm. Are you digging that hole because you have a body to bury and you figured the backyard was the best place to put it? Don't put it next to your house, dummy. When they find it, the cops are going to know who put it there because it's your backyard. And they'll find it that much faster if you cut a power line in the process. I was just imagining a fun person just digging holes in their backyard. (laughs) Just whistling. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Like when you're a kid, you just dig holes. (laughs) I did it. I was gopher like. Back when I was a dog. Are you a dog right now? You're doing just fine. Everyone loves a dog. You can't make mistakes. You're a dog. I love dogs. Dogs are great. I know. <laughs> Keep on keeping on. Any pooches listening? Would you all go to the beach and just dig holes? Yes. Yeah. Everybody. Okay. You mean like conceptually, would I do that? Like, does it sound like a good idea? Both yes and have you done it? Oh. <laughs> Actually, no, not really. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Seems like it would be. Good place to just Where did my child go? <laughs> I can't find it. Never found it. Oh, it's in the <laughs> hole. <laughs> Rob heard a moment of like dead silence and was like, what's going on? <laughs> we no one's talking. <laughs> We'll we'll never beat that 30 seconds of solid silence. It's the reflection time. That's the journaling time. Okay, you went to a Jesuit school. You know how to reflect and journal. Oh, boy. Social justice. Oh, (laughs) I'm there with you. Let's think about what we can do to help others. Mm -hmm. 
I love reflecting. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I should like it. But it makes me unhappy. I feel like actually I'm at a point. It's one of those like you have to do it enough where it becomes a regular enough thing that it's not just sitting yeah. in a puddle of shame. We're like, I feel like Jesuit college. I was all about that. And I did like res life in Jesuit college. So whenever I'm overwhelmed, I just feel myself being like, I need a retreat. <laughs> <laughs> See, I never went on any of the retreat things because oh. I was like, Jesus, no thanks. I know that was me at first. And then I and then I went and now, now I'm at soul cycle. <laughs> Soul cycle, the <laughs> secular Jesuits. Yeah, basically. <laughs> oh, man. I was too busy. Wow. Drinking? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I can't go on a retreat. That's that's like a Friday and a Saturday. That's <laughs> true. But you get oh, to oh. journal a whole lot. Oh, journal, 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 journal. Oh, man. Do you still have those journals? Oh, yeah. I have like all of it. And like they, oh, there was this one retreat that was really good, but I can't talk about it because it'll spoil the secret. So we'll talk about <gasps> it later. Oh, my God. Let's just have you back for <gasps> journal readings. Oh, my God. I would love that. You just sit and read through journals. <laughs> oh, gosh. Maybe I don't want to read that. But that ties, <laughs> it ties into That's my That's what story. you say now. <laughs> the story you're about to tell us. Mm, I say go for it. Jump on in. Okay. So this is the story. Uh, called, <laughs> um, why did I get severe hives my senior year of college over and over and over? And it's a beautiful, um, it's a coming of age tale. There's love, there's discovery, there's, um, it, it's just, it's a goodie. I'll just jump in. And just so you know, I am not holding back on any of the embarrassing details. So, I haven't told the story like in its full because I was like, no, I'm ashamed. And now like enough time has passed. And also like I've just grown and matured. I'm like, no, this is I need to tell people the story. <laughs> it's like too good. <laughs> but OK, so this story has a little like backstory part of it. It's like if the story is Lord of the Rings, if the hive story is Lord of the Rings. Are we getting the Hobbit? This is the Hobbit. Yeah. But nice. it's the Hobbit part one and part two. Um, so. uh The things that you need to know about this story is how I decided to go to business school and also my undeniable love of hosier. Okay. (laughs) So I started out college as a jazz studies major. I was a saxophone player and I went to a music high school and like I thought I was going to be like a professional jazz musician. That was what I was going to do. I was performance. I like didn't want to teach. I just wanted to like live in Manhattan and like play my saxophone and do arrangements of Sufjan Stevens and like, you know, the normal girl stuff. So, um, so I started going to music school (laughs) and, um, true, like true side note, a theme of the story. And like this year in college is I've had an interesting journey with like, femininity and like being a woman and like what does that mean and I think something that was odd was like jazz studies was the most severe male to female ratio I've ever experienced there are very 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 few women jazz instrumentalists so I was always used to being like one or two or like that's it in the whole college so like yeah I started school and as a jazz studies student and 
what I realized, first of all, was like, if I was going to do this, I was going to have to teach lessons all day and do all this stuff um, just to do like my projects. But the big thing that I realized was that I don't know if you've ever had to experience this, but you had to do a really harsh read of like, how talented am I really? And I realized, oh, no, I've never. (laughs) I don't put myself in positions where uh, I allow other people to evaluate whether I'm talented Mm, or not. That's music school. I'm all (laughs) self-producing. Dang. I like I kind of am like that now. But anyway, like but what I was realizing was like tasks that would take somebody maybe like they could practice for an hour and just naturally do it. I could do it, but their hour would be my four hours. Yeah. And so I was realizing like, if I really wanted to do this and if I was going to like go to like a major conservatory for graduate school, I was going to have to practice at least seven hours every single day. And like, that's what I was doing. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to do that. So I decided to leave and go to business school, which was like a very one eighty. Um, because I didn't want to do music, but I was like, well, maybe I can do something that's more business-like for arts institutions or something like that. But I've always, like that year, I discovered I really am passionate about personal finance, which is like something that everybody hates, but like, I love it. And I love talking (laughs) about money. At least one person should love personal finance. Exactly. And like, I love talking about money. I love like learning these things. And so... I I realized, like, you know what, if I'm going to have to have a day job, like, why wouldn't I do something that I find interesting, but it wouldn't be like teaching like private lessons all day, which for me, I didn't really want to do. Yeah. Um, so that was the first thing. So I was going to go to business school. I was going to major in finance. Okay. The second part of the story is, uh, called, um, uh, my, my true love and future husband, uh, music artist, Hosier. So Let's just flash back to uh, Sasquatch, maybe I think 2013 or 14. Like everybody in my college went to Sasquatch. That was like our spring break in Seattle U. You'd always go to Sasquatch. That makes sense. And so I like, I learned this summer that there's this artist who I always literally liked. And he was this like shy Irish person. And like, I had this emotional connection with the jazz. And he was like, oh, I play the blues. And like, my band is just my friends from music school and blah, 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 blah. And like, this is the first time I've ever been away from home. And like, my dad is coming on the tour with me. And I'm like, so I told my friends, I was like this, you've never heard of this person, but we're going to go see them. So I ripped them away from like, I don't know, like tune yards or something. And I'm like, we're going to see this artist named Hosier. So he's at this like small stage at like noon and I make them go with me and I'm white knuckling the front row. And I'm like, well, this is what love is. (laughs) No, I'm happily dating somebody at this time. But I'm just like, I was like a 13 year old girl with Harry Styles. And I was like, oh my God, I love this human being. So go off the rails the rest of the weekend like my friends who like interned at cool seattle music places were like oh my gosh she's gonna be at this concert you should go to this concert i'm like cool so i go and see the other irish band that's there and i make my friend sweep the crowd to find him like if he was standing there watching yeah, and too. I bribed them with the extra food I brought I was like if you want this guacamole on day four of Sasquatch we are gonna scan the crowd at little green cars for true love and we did not find him because he was like back in Ireland so I go back 
I go back to Seattle and take me to church takes off and he becomes this like billboard 100 singer. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, also like, Oh, I'm so smart. I have such an eye for talent. So (laughs) I go see him in Seattle. Right. Yeah. And because my relationship with confidence is very messed up where like, I'll have these random bouts where I'm just way too overconfident. And I'm like, I'm going to give Hosier my phone number at this concert. And like, nobody can stop me. So with this weird high I was writing, I go to Easy Street Records, buy this obscure blues album that I like remembered from jazz school and was like, this is important. Hide my phone number in it like a gremlin. Again, happily in a relationship. Like, stand for like an hour and a half at the concert to meet him like the scum of the world. And I talk to him and I get so nervous. And I want to say like, I dropped out of jazz school, but instead I just went, I dropped out of college here. And I gave him the CD. Like, that's not even true. And he was like, oh, okay. And so then he was like, oh my God, this like Blind Lemon Jefferson CD. Like, I don't actually have that in my collection. I'm like, see, the true love is real. So Hosier now owns my phone number, (laughs) unknown to him. I feel on top of the world. I go back to my house. Okay. I like to think it's just sitting next to his phone. He's like, (laughs) one day I'll call see what's up with it. I wrote this real sappy letter about how he was like, (laughs) like, (laughs) no, I'm not going to hold back how he was like, um, carrying on the legacy of jazz music and like the billboard charts. I'm like 21 or 22. That went with it too. Yeah. Like a love letter. I was 22, like normal age. (laughs) Anyway. So this happens. So I'm, At this point in my life, like at the point of this concert, it was my senior year in business school. And something that I did my senior year was decided to add an accounting minor because I had like business people that were my mentors that told me like, if you want to go into corporate finance, you need to have accounting. Um, Finance and accounting never came easy to me. And something that I learned in my life later on that I wish I knew in college so bad was that it takes, I'm the kind of person that when I learn, I like to know things extremely thoroughly and feel like I fully understand them. And so it just takes me more time. But like in college, I would see a lot of my friends be like, well, this is so easy. Business school is so easy. And just like rip through work and get it really fast. And because I wasn't able to like, digest the information at that pace I thought it was stupid and like um I guess I didn't realize that like no you're not stupid you're just like you don't learn as fast as some people but again it's like if you're trying to learn a concept of something I'm like okay well how does this work how is it built how does this relate to this great rather than being like oh a to b I memorized it done yeah because there there are some people that are just really good at picking out the basics yeah and what they're going to need to exactly know. and like I never was great at having that like mindset with learning and so at the time I was like doing okay in school but like I always felt this huge amount of pressure because like all my peers would always talk about like oh this is so easy I can't believe like And it was also hard where they would like work hard but they would just get it before I did and it always made me feel like maybe I'm not understanding this. And the other thing about accounting and finance is like everything had to be 
like very, very, very correct with your coursework. And if it wasn't like huge amounts of your grade were taken off. And so like right before I went to this concert and like slip Tozier or my phone number, I had this like I had this project where we had to do fake accounting for a floral shop. But if your numbers didn't balance at the end, you'd get like a C on the project or something like really drastic. Mm. And I had a typo in one thing and it threw off my stuff and so I was like the last one in the computer lab I was like I'm stupid everybody else's numbers are balancing like clearly I'm dumb like I can't get this and then I figured out it was just I added like an extra zero in one column and because of that I had this like you know what I mean it was like all this feeling bad about myself for one typo and I just like walked home to my college house and just sat on a rock like on the side of like 14th street in Seattle and just cried and just like had a breakdown it was just like am I dumb? Am I not dumb? Like everybody else can do this. Why can't I do this? You know? And so that was kind of where I was at, um, with business school. And so I was carrying a lot of like stress and pressure from school. And the other thing that's been like a kind of theme that I'm still trying to think about is how you're supposed to feel about your ability to do stuff as a woman. Um, because I always don't know if I hold back or if I, whenever I share my success or like, it takes me a long time to be like, no, I am good at that. And I am smart because I'm like, am I just socialized to not, you know, like say that and not like brag about that to like be humble and things like that. So the whole time I was like, oh, well, like no wonder everybody else in my class like understands it because they're smart and like, I'm not when that wasn't the case, but that was kind of like how I was feeling. And I felt like. I was studying the stuff and like I liked finance and I liked accounting, but I didn't like I wasn't in it just to get an accounting job. And um, and so like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of where I was going with that. Um, I think everybody else was just like there with a different mindset, but I was really jealous of my friends who like were liberal arts majors or were studying like a lot of things that were like, we get to read and like memorize these concepts and like things like that. And because mine was so black and white and like, I remember on an improv retreat, again, retreats, like I had to like (laughs) go away from the group early to like hand calculate pension tables for an exam that I was like, you know, and I was just like, this isn't fair. Like everybody else is doing these cool things and I have to do this so I can get a job and like be in, you know, and just, I think I was just feeling that way because I was seeing everybody like be like, oh, this is easy. Business school is easy. I'm like, no, it's not. It's hard. So I was carrying a lot of stress, right? So I just come back from this concert where I slipped Tozier my phone number. And I'm also like a couple days before that, like cried on a rock because I put an extra zero in my fake floral shop assignment. And like, you know, the whole PO was ruined because I ordered 10,000 tulips and not a hundred, you know, and like, <laughs> oh, which caused I a mean, breakdown. I mean, that's a lot of tulips. I know, but. Tulips are great. It, clearly. Um, so I was just like in this very, 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 like putting a lot of pressure on myself mindset. So. That day, I get texts from my friends saying, have you seen the news? Have you seen the news? And I was like, no, what's the news? And they were like, uh-oh. It has been announced that my future soulmate, partner, husband, lover, you know. Best friend. Best friend. Everything has been selected to sing at the Victoria's Secret fashion show. And I immediately have a freak out. I mean, I'm pretty familiar with Hosier as an artist. 
And those two just do not. Right. And it was so weird. And so I was living in this college house with like four of my really good friends. And I just, I don't know. I'm sure you all have experienced this, but when you think about concepts and you're like, oh yeah, this is how things are. This is how things are. And then it all of a sudden clicks for you and you're like, oh my God, this is messed up. This was the first time that I like really thought about like for a male artist, if you're successful, you are rewarded by being around beautiful women. And like your prize is like being around like hot girls. And it just, I hadn't really thought about that before. And so that was like, oh my God, that's so messed up. And also like the idea of, at the end of the day, as a woman, like your looks do matter in like American society. And that like I hadn't really thought about that. And it's like, well, it doesn't matter how smart or funny or like how much you like jazz are. You're rewarded to go meet Hosier if you're really hot. And I was yeah. just like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, <laughs> Like all of my friends have like come to this realization like way before, you know, like I have just about like feminism in America. But for me, this was my like, oh, no moment. <laughs> This isn't going how I wanted it at all. I freak out. I run to Trader Joe's. I get a lot of beer and I text my roommates and I'm like, this is an emergency. Hosier is in the Victoria's Secret fashion show. Like, if you listen to me talk about feminism, I'll get you a beer. I've already picked it. I'm serious. I've already picked it. You send them a picture of the beer. Yeah, I was like, like, I got like a big beer. And so two of my roommates were like, okay. So I pour them a beer and I'm like, why is it when I like understand jazz and slip in my phone number, I will never be his girlfriend because I am not a beautiful Victoria's Secret model. And then, and then, and then, and like women in this world and da, da, da. And they're like, Erica, your neck is turning really red. And I'm like, what? And like, I kept itching myself and they're like, you're getting really red right now. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And they're like, I'm not hot. And they're like, uh, go look in the mirror. So I take down my beer. I look in the mirror and I have these like huge red pat, like patches on my body. And I'm like, what? is this like what is happening and I don't know what's happening which is just making me itchier and making it worse and finally I like had to cool down so I was like dog sitting a dog so I took a dog for a walk and was like I'm not gonna think about this but I was distraught and so this whole episode happens I go to bed I'm fine um in the fall at my school people that were business majors were starting to get jobs and I don't know if um, either of you like had friends like this or kind of know about like business school culture with jobs, but it's basically like the people who are really good at their internships get offered a job like right after their internship and then recruitment season starts. So that like sounds in, like a thing. Yeah, it was like it was a lot of pressure. And so already in the start of business school, the un spoken kind of feeling was like well the best students already have their jobs lined up for next year and then it was like okay well if you're a strong candidate you're gonna you know like picked from the group first and then you're gonna like go through and go through and so like a statistic that my business school would publish is like how many seniors had jobs when they left like it was a big deal and um I did an internship. I did two internships and one of them was at an arts organization 
and I really, really, really liked it, but it was like a fun little like unpaid internship and all the people there were lovely. And like, I got to see all this music and it was like beautiful. And then I did a corporate internship, but they don't hire their interns. So they were like, you did a good job. Good luck. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> have fun out in the world. Yeah. So, um, like the pressure of people talking about recruitment was like, so intense and it was this kind of like people would gossip about who got into what and like who didn't pass what interview and kind of and like some didn't some didn't but it was like the norm is you know you know what you're gonna make after college you're gonna have your thing lined up and you're just gonna go and like start working and that was like how you were successful and I've never fit into that and that really freaked me out and I was like I don't even know what I want to do when I graduate like how am I supposed to have this thing um and the worst was Um, when you're an accountant, the process to get into one of the big four firms is pretty much like house of cards. Oh no. Have you eat a lot of peaches? Had a friend (laughs) who has like been in a big accounting firm. Uh, no, the closest maths person that I know is scary. Yeah. Okay, so accounting firms, there's four big firms, and you're like a public auditor. And to get a job at one of those places, you have to have had interned there your junior year, done like a summer program there your sophomore year. You had to have teacher recommendation, so you had to get your teachers to like you. You had to be like an officer of this accounting club that they peer choose the officers, so you had to get all of your peers to like you, and then you had to have perfect grades on top of that. So it's like you had to have the grades. You have to have people like you genuinely. So if you were like a gunner, what pe- you know, people say like, oh, they're a gunner, like they're really into academics. Like people wouldn't like you and they wouldn't vote for you. And like it was just like this game of chess and then it was like a lot of crap talking of like well that person won't make it in public accounting and da 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 and I didn't want to be an accountant but because I picked up the minor I was like in that environment of everybody being like oh which firm are you going to which firm are you going to and I was like oh I don't know like I'm not even doing accounting like what am I doing this is a lot of stress for having to do math at the end oh yeah it totally is like Totally is. So that was like happening. And I felt like my friends who I guess were like in different majors and I understand like the grass is always greener, but they were like doing these really interesting, like stimulating internships and doing these fun projects and like learning and doing all this cool stuff. And I felt like I was just behind in my major and like I wasn't fitting in and like I didn't, you know, like have any like sort of job. And I was like, well, am I stupid? And then I was like, well, Hosier's not going to be my husband. <laughs> like, so um, I'll never be a trophy jazz wife. <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, it was so it's job season school. And one thing that they gave you when you're a senior in business school was like a mentor of like a business executive like in Seattle who would mentor you. And I got this very nice man who um, worked in like a different insurance company and he was, he was really nice, but he was really boring. <laughs> and like, he was just, like, I don't see how the two could possibly I know, go together. Right? And so I was like, I, I just felt like he was one of those, like, well, I, you know, and there's not, again, and there's something wrong with this, but he's very like, oh, I work because like, 
it's what you do and you're productive and like I like being productive and so he was a really nice person though but it was like you had a mentor so you would um hopefully like make connections and also be able to get a job if you were one of the failures who couldn't get a job by the end of the year so um you didn't pop out of the womb with a certificate yeah right like and your your w2 already filled out god and of course, I don't know how the other majors are, but like this was like this was how like business finance and accounting were. So, um at this point, a couple days earlier, I you know had these red itchy rashes because I freaked out because um uh women aren't respected as much as men. And so anyway, I uh I have a meeting with my Albers mentor at South Lake Union in this coffee shop. We were at Uptown Espresso. And at this time, home of the velvet foam. Yeah. Um, And at this place point, I'm freaking out because I'm like, first of all, I was going to be an artist. I'm not going to be an artist anymore. My genes of being a jazz musician are gone. Like I don't have a job. I have to network. Well, so I felt like I was like performing for this guy, like, um, you know, trying to like be my best business student self. And I was also like, why did I get hives yesterday? Like, why was I getting like a red patch? That's really, really weird. I've never had that. I don't know what happened. Like that was weird. So I go to the meeting with this mentor and as we're talking, I could just feel myself getting itchy as he's like, Oh yes. So this is how I craft my resume for the recruitment process. And I'm like, Oh no. And I was like, I'm going to get some water. So at one point, like I'm not <laughs> I listening. Just pour it all over yeah. and he was talking about like how much he like values, you know, like, like how he lays out his resume and like his work on like all these committees. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to go get water. So I like go get some water and I come back and I'm just like, Oh my God, I think I have hives. And so all of a sudden my mind is like, you're, clearly having an allergic reaction like this is what happens and I think I went to the bathroom and I googled like red big patches all over your body and like the first thing that popped up was like like allergic reaction like you ate a food that had an allergy and I was like oh my god I ate something at lunch I'm having a reaction so I tough out the meeting and I'm feeling very bad and so I'm like okay goodbye so I leave And I'm just, my mind is spinning. I'm so scared. My heart is racing. I'm like, why am I so itchy? Why am I so red? Like, I'm having an allergic reaction. Oh my God. I don't know what I'm allergic to. So I decide to walk home to Seattle. Like my house is near Seattle University, which is maybe like a 20 minute walk thinking like, well, if I'm in the fresh air, that will help me. (laughs) I'll just walk these hives off. I'm like, my mind is only thinking about the hives. I need something to not think about it. So guess what music I decide to blast in my headphones? Is it Hosier? No. No. It's Run the Jewels 2. So I <laughs> bump RTJ2 as loud as I can, trying to not think about the fact that this will probably be the last walk of my life. My throat <laughs> is tight. And then around the weird hot dog station, which is now like a grilled cheese place, like by the convention center, my vision starts to fog. And I'm like, I'm going to pass out because I'm going into shock and I'm like Erica you are stronger than this like mind over matter get up the hill so like like run the jewels is playing I'm walking home I'm telling my roommates I'm having an allergic reaction I think I'm gonna die and they're like you're fine just get home so I got home I just have like red patches all over my body and my roommates are like you're going to urgent care and I was like okay so we go to urgent care and my two roommates come with me and it was like a fun trip for them and I'm like you don't need to come they're like no no we do and I'm like, why? So they bring their homework. I go to urgent care. 
this weird doctor, I'm like, he's like, so what happened? And he's looking at my like red splotches and I'm like, well, like I, I ate, I ate like a, like a spring roll for lunch. And I think it's, and I was trying to think of like allergen foods. I'm like, I think it's peanuts. Like I ate peanuts for lunch. And he's like, was your throat tight? And I'm like, yes, it was. And he was like, like you are so lucky because you went to into like anaphylactic shock and you like can die from that. And I'm like, Oh no. Like, okay. And so he's like, okay, I'm giving you a prescription for some like steroids. And like, you're also going to get some EpiPens cause like you need to have one on you just in case. And I'm like, okay. So the most evaluation this person did was like your anecdotal story yeah, of right? what, what you may or may not have I eaten think he, like, for lunch. In my throat, it was just kind of like, "Did you eat peanuts today?" And but he didn't say like, "Did you eat peanuts?" Right? Like recently, he was like, "Did you eat peanuts today?" And I was like, "Oh, sir, why yes, like, I did. I did for lunch." Like, it was. Have you even considered having a peanut butter and yeah. jelly sandwich? And so then you better <laughs> shove an epi in right now just in case and so i think you know this but my friends who are in the lobby there's good friends and then your best friends and my best friends and i are just so mean to each other because that's what you do when you're best friends so they're out there doing their homework i have to go to bartels to pick up my new epi pens and they decide to while i'm waiting for my prescription go through the entire store and get every single product with peanuts in it and put it in the basket so at the end they could do a prop comedy act of oh look what we got you ha 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 isn't this funny and i'm like and then you're like fuck you you guys have to pay for all that i was in anaphylactic shock (laughs) no i think we like put it back because we were broke in college we're like "Ah, ha ha like put it back i take my steroids i go home i call my parents and they're like well that's good um so i'm like (laughs) that you're allergic to peanuts (laughs) yeah well my mom was like you need to go to an allergist and i'm like okay i'll schedule an appointment so um so the next night, um, it's my friend's birthday dinner at local fave Fagone in Capitol Hill. And at this point, I'm like, well, You're, you, you fo went there? I went Fogone. <laughs> that wasn't even a joke. <laughs> um, They're all jokes if you laugh after. That's so true. <laughs> um, so we go out to this birthday dinner and my stress levels are out the roof. And I'm already an anxious person, but I'm like oh my God, like I have to live this whole life with this new allergy and like, I'm going to be jobless and Hosier doesn't love me. And like, what am I going to do? I'm like stupid. I'm bad at business school. All my other friends have jobs. Like, like what? I can't eat peanuts or else I'm going to go into shock and die. Like according to urgent care. So we go to Fogon for my friend's birthday. I am so in my head the whole time. I don't think I smiled like once. I'm terrified. And it was one of those things that my friends are like, you should stay home. And I'm like, no, no, I'm going to go and have fun. And they're like, please don't come. So we go. And I was like, I'll have tortilla soup because there's no peanuts in tortilla soup. So I did you say it exactly like that to the (laughs) server? I wish I didn't. I didn't bring it up because I'm like, well, now is like a new victim to like having an allergy, like so severe. I can't like. I'm not gonna bring it up to the. I don't know why. Like I did it, but I was like, I don't. I don't know. So I get the soup and I eat it, and the entire time, and my friends are all drinking margaritas and having fun. I'm like, 
oh no, are there peanuts in here? Are there peanuts in here? Like if I eat peanuts, I'm going to die. I can't eat peanuts. I already don't have a job, but now I'm going to eat peanuts and die. And so I freak out. I start to get itchy. I'm like, I need to go to the bathroom. So I go to the bathroom. I'm just in the stall, like just freaking out. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm clearly going to die. I have my EpiPen. Do I shoot it? No, it's not time yet. And again, I start to feel lightheaded and my heart is racing. So I'm like, my heart is racing. It's working extra hard because I've ingested peanuts and it's trying to like circulate my blood. So I need to go home. So I go over and I like dramatically like get a 20 out of my bag and like give it to my friends. I'm like, I need to go home. I'm ill. Like, okay, like, do one of us need to go with you? And I'm like, no, I might be having a reaction. So I, like, go home again. Vision is clouding. Heart is racing. I'm like, oh, my God, I ate peanuts. I ate peanuts. I know I did. I go home. I freak out, and the hives are, like, in full force, and my throat feels so tight. And my parents live in Chicago, and my mom and I have, like, too close of a relationship. So I call her, and I'm like, (laughs) Mom, I was like, the throat is closing, and the hives are here. And she was like, you need to go to the emergency room. And I'm like, do I? She's like, Erica, like anaphylactic shock is not a joke. Like you need to go. So at this point, my roommates are like back at the house having fun. And I'm like, I need to go to the emergency room because of my allergies. And so like the one like really nice friend of my roommate was like, okay, I will like, I'll drive you to the ER. I'm like, thank you. So I go to the ER and I go to the desk and they're like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I'm having a severe allergic reaction. Action. So, of course, that puts you right to the top of the line. So yeah. there's people who are, like, probably stabbed in that room. And they're like, uh-oh, bring the peanut girl in. So I'm covered in hives, freaking out. And the doctor comes in. And he's like, can you open your throat for me? And I'm like, yes, but it is so tight. And I open it. He's like, your throat isn't closing at all. And I'm like, yeah, yeah it is. It's tight. And he's like... No. And he like looks at me. He's like, um, so you have hives. And I'm like, I know. And he's like, so hives won't kill you. They're just uncomfortable. He's like, you need to go get like some poison ivy lotion and take a cold shower. And he's like, have like also alcohol aggravates them. And I'm like, oh, that's why I drank a beer and like freaked out. Um, but I was like, I think it's peanuts. And he's like, okay, well, I need you to like make an appointment with this allergist and then you could get allergy tested for peanuts. And I was like, okay. But he's like, it looks like you're fine. Like your throat is not closing. You're okay. So I, then the next day, um, because nothing in my life is like medium ever. It's like at 110. (laughs) Um, the other through line of this classic tale, um, I had uh, an interview for a post-college job the next day. No, no. (laughs) So um, in the spirit of being terrified that I was not going to have a job when I graduated, more because I was just afraid of what my peers would think of me, like, than anything. Um, No, fuck your peers. They're the worst. Well, I know that now. (laughs) (laughs) When I was clutching my EpiPen, I didn't. No, it's it's understandable. So um, I had an interview at a consulting company and throughout like my whole like senior year, I was grappling with this idea of like either feeling like 
I was really stupid or at times feeling like I was competent and like, okay. And I feel like it was this weird little thing of like, oh no, I am smart. I do deserve this. And then being like, nope, you're dumb because like everybody else is doing better than you. Um, and this consulting company was, uh, like a local Seattle company and, I passed the first round of interviews, which was like a phone interview. And my friend worked there. And because business school, again, is house of cards, um, my friend who had a job there had a lunch with me and my other friend who was applying to give us like the secrets of the interview and like how to pass it because that's how you do business school. And so I felt prepared and I felt excited. But the thing is, is like with consulting is it's a very... It's a job that has a lot of like social like, oh, you're a consultant and because you're being paid to like go to companies, like figure out problems for them. So that was kind of interesting to me. But at the end of the day, like consulting is a very hard lifestyle and it's you're flying on a plane to go to Arkansas to like go to the Tyson Chicken Factory and like advise them on how their business is doing and then come back like on the plane. And um, it wasn't something that I like actually wanted to do. It was something that I think in my like really not healthy mindset at the time was like a, oh, well, maybe I am smart enough to be here because this company likes smart people and like, maybe I am good enough. Like, um, but consulting interviews are really, really tough. And it again is a game. So, uh, the way that it worked, it was a two day interview. So the night solid. Yeah. So the first night <laughs> you camped out right there. You had to bring I your sleeping like, bag. Yes. No, it was a happy hour. And then after the happy hour, your group case. And then the next day you had individual cases and one-on-one interviews and then a lunch because they wanted to see how well you could drink and socialize and then how you would do like outside. And like, if you had good table manners, because again, it was like, Oh, can we bring you with clients? And blah 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 but on top of that this job entry level out of college paid seventy thousand dollars and i was Ooh. like oh my god like i would be considered successful if i do this so that night the night before i was in the emergency room for hives but because i'm a planner i got my like itch lotion and just slathered it on and was like here we go so the night that we had the little happy hour and we all did like an icebreaker and I had on my like pantsuit and I like socialized and like played the game and we had a case study and the case study, there was a twist to it where they gave you maybe like, like 40 pages of info and gave you five minutes to read it. And then they were like, time's up. What are your suggestions? That's not a thing. It was to see if you could like quickly synthesize information. It was again, it's like, it's such a game. And so, um, And then we presented and I remembered like a couple people were like in the spirit of improv, like they were talking over people and being really aggressive and things like that. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, that's the kiss of death. Have fun not having this job, you know, and I was like, I'm a good listener and like chimed in when I thought was appropriate and stuff like that. And so um, the next day. It was like the second part of the interview and I'm feeling better. And at this point I only ate turkey and brown rice because clearly that was like how the peanut allergy was going to go away. Um, and I do the second day and I think I did like, okay, but it wasn't great. 
And I go home and I was like, well, that wasn't great, but it was at least better than the people who like talked all over people and did that, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, you know what, McIntyre, maybe you are smart. Like maybe you are going to get like the smart kid job that pays a ton of money and is, you know, like this thing that so many people want and like people like were flown in for this interview, like you're going to get it. So a couple of days pass and... Um, my roommate's like, well, did you hear back from them? And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, all the other people from Seattle, you heard back that they got it. And I'd realized that most of the people from my school got a confirmation that they'd gotten the job. And of those people were the people who I thought did a bad job and like talked over everybody or the people that I was like, that wasn't a very intelligent answer they had all gotten it. And like, I hadn't heard anything, but I knew like that meant I wasn't going to get it. Um, fucking yeah. hate how successful loud mouths are. I know. And I was just kind of like, what is this? But like in hindsight, it's not even something I would have wanted to do. Um, but that night, all of like my stress from the year, all of my like frustration with walking away from doing jazz studies to do the business thing. And like, I just had this overwhelming like wave crash on me that was like, this is your confirmation that you aren't smart. Like, this is it. Like, if you were smart, like your peers, you would have gotten this job. And like all of your other peers already have jobs and you're like one of the few left that don't. And like, Clearly, that means that you're not as good at this as like other people or you don't deserve it. And I had the worst night of my life. Like there is like freaking out and crying. And then there was me on that night. I sounded like an animal. And the worst part was my room. You could hear everything from the rest of the house and the bathroom. So my roommates were like on that journey with me if they liked it or not. And so I just sobbed like ugly cried the whole night like hyperventilating like I had hives I was like what is happening I was just so stressed out I put all this pressure on myself like my poor roommates were like can we pee like without listening to this um you're like no you're just gonna have to pee really loud like sorry good (laughs) luck um I think I cried until the next day and I had this tea that was a total like placebo that was supposed to be like calming tea and like at one point the door just cracked open and the box got shoved into my room and the door got like closed again but I was just like well clearly like what I have to offer like is not good enough and after that night I had my allergist appointment (laughs) Like the next day. Yes. Man, you're good at stacking appointments. I know. Well, I had to because the emergency room is like, you need to like go to the allergist. So I went to my allergist, who was a man named Dr. Mocha. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I think like one of the good things about like, I don't know, just being a human is like sometimes things that are really painful with a little bit of time, they're just like not as painful. So even though I like freaked out that night, I was like, okay, this is my life the next day. And I was like, well, even though I didn't get this job, I'm going to have my peanut allergy confirmed. And then everybody who laughed at me and thought I was dumb with my EpiPens will know that I was in danger. (laughs) And so 
I go to Dr. Mocha's office and he was like, okay, well, you know, what is it? And I'm like, I have a peanut allergy. He was like, okay, well, what happened? I was like, well, my throat was closing and my heart was racing and I almost passed out because my body couldn't process the peanuts. And he was like, when did you eat peanuts? And I was like, I ate them for lunch. And he's like, when did you have this reaction? I was like, hours later at dinner. (laughs) He was like, well... Like, first off, like, allergic reactions happen, like, right after you eat the food. And I was like, but I had soup. And, like, then I reacted. It's like, okay. So he was like, all right, we're going to do the peanut allergy test on you. So he, like, pricked you. They just arm, rub a peanut on your face. I wish. So just, Mr. Peanut just came and did the wave all over my face. <laughs> no. So, like, so have you ever been allergy tested? No. Hey, Rob, have you? No. He's shaking his head. Okay. So they, like, they prick you a lot. Um, oh yeah, isn't it like they just poke you a bunch and then they come back yeah. later and they're like, "What looks like?" Yeah, so they poke I could me. Be an allergy. <laughs> Doctor Mocha, is that you? <laughs> it is. Have you had peanuts today, Erica? <laughs> Doctor Mocha is a great allergist, and I know we're not supposed to use last names, so maybe that will have to be beeped. But no, no, you get if, if there's nothing you know invading their privacy it's okay, fine that's great so um and i'm sure dr mocha would love the advertisement he was a great allergist so um so i get my like my arm pricked and um and i wait it out and they're like okay well if you get a reaction then you're allergic to peanuts so they're like do you want to go wait in the waiting room and i was like yes i do and so I go to the waiting room and I read this like real simple magazine and like one of the things starts to react and I'm like, oh my God, it's true. <laughs> like I'm allergic to peanuts. And like my, like my like kink in life is when I'm a hypochondriac when I'm like, this thing is happening. And then the doctor confirms <laughs> it's it. It's all coming together. Yeah. And then, and then you're like, you're like, I'm allergic to blah, blah. And everybody's like, no, you're not. And then the doctor's like, you are. And I'm like, oh, that feels so good. <laughs> like after your friends are like, you're dumb. And you're like, no, no, I need to go to the doctor. And the doctor's like, you're right. What a satisfying scratch to my <laughs> totally justified itch. Exactly. Um, so, uh, um so i go back and the doctor looks at it and i'm like do you see this i'm like i'm allergic to peanuts and everything's true and he's just like so that's the control one where we like that's what i wanted to i was like is that that the fake out is the fake out i didn't faked you out and i was like what (laughs) and he's like yeah so that's the control one that you're going to react to and like the other one seems like there is absolutely no reaction and you are not allergic to peanuts and i was like say it ain't so um but (laughs) don't make me go home as a normal person (laughs) yeah so um so then he's like so you've been having hives right and i'm like yes and he's like well I'm just going to go like full medical here and just give you the diagnosis. And he's like, well, you know, some people have like more histamine in their blood like stream. And he's like, when some people get stressed out, they get hives. And I'm like, what? And he's like, were you stressed out this last week? And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> and <it's> like, <laughs> please, t- please tell me you said that in person. He was like, have you been stressed out? And you just said, uh-oh. <laughs> 
with I was just thinking in my head, I'm like, the love of my life is gone. Like I'm going to be jobless. Like everything is like I'm stupid. Like I found this all like America hates women. All this stuff just I realized the last week. And so it's just like, oh, okay. And he was like, Well, some brides before their weddings get this. We call it like the wedding allergy. Ha ha, because they're so stressed out about their wedding. And then it happens and it goes away forever. And I'm like, what? And he's like, have you been taking like st-? and so I was like, so I don't need my EpiPen? And he's like, no, you don't need your EpiPen. He's like, you don't need an EpiPen because you don't have a food allergy. And so he was like, if you're feeling itchy, you could just take a Claritin. And I'm like, no. <laughs> no. And so, um, yeah, so he told me that I wasn't allergic to anything and I was just stressing myself out. But then I was like, nay, nay, but what about like <laughs> my heart was racing and my throat was closing and my vision was clouding. He's like, that sounds like a panic attack. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Something to panic about. So in Dr. Mocha's nice office, I realized that... <laughs> What I thought my body was going into shock because it was fighting peanuts. It was just fighting my own insecurities. (laughs) And apparently I pushed through it by listening to Run the Jewels and like walking all the way home. But I could have passed out. Who knew? And so I was so scared of thinking I was allergic to peanuts that I panicked and gave myself the symptoms of anaphylactic shock. You know, girl stuff. (laughs) Oh, God. So that in itself is a skill. Yes. Um, Yeah. So that appointment happened and I was like, what? I was just like, there's too much that's happened in this last week. So I like walk home and I'm just like, okay. I don't have hives anymore and I eat peanut butter and I'm like, okay, this is my life. I'm just going to be jobless. Um, and like with really good timing, it was the fall quarter and I was going home for Thanksgiving. And so my dad and I have this like really funny bond where I really hope he didn't listen to this. I don't think he will, but, um, where he really only opens up to me and an email or a really inconvenient time. Like one time my dad sounds like dad things. Yeah. Like my dad told me he was proud of me and what I was doing in my life before inception started in theaters. And I was like, why now? Um, after every visit to Seattle, I get a very nice email about like how proud he is with my life. And I'm like, well, (laughs) you could have said that to me like on any of the places. But, um, I was thinking back and like, I had done two internships and one of them was at a major arts institution in Seattle. And the other one was at, um, at like a big company for corporate finance. And even though the art institution won, it was like a little bit more scrappy and it was unpaid, but it was really fun. And like, I loved the people that I worked with and I worked with people who were all musicians and all creative people. And I like, hadn't really gotten that from business school or at least like my yeah. classes in business school. And like there they made me feel really valued because I was bringing the skill set to them that they didn't usually get with their interns, which was like business acumen and like learning how to do like fly ass Excel shit, <laughs> like <laughs> that kind of stuff. And so that's a workshop I want to take from you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like fly ass Excel shit. And again, instead of like being compensated and like having 
like a paycheck that I could brag about. It was, I got like all these free tickets to these like beautiful concerts. And it like made, like it tapped in this part of me that like was when I was a jazz city student, like when I was a music student and I was like, Oh yeah, like this still exists. Um, but whenever I talked about the internship, like sometimes I feel like people thought it was interesting, but they didn't really give it merit when I, you know, put it on a resume and they were like, Oh, I see you interned there, but I also see you interned at like this big, like budget company, you know, kind of thing. Um, but I knew that like those jobs, I mean, they don't pay as much as like big companies. And again, it's not like, it's not the people that are like, well, I like to work on teams with highly, you know, like highly efficient to like professional, you know, if uh, people where it's, it's not like that. It's people who love the arts and like love the mission and like love this kind of stuff. Um, so I went home with my dad and I hadn't gotten hives and he was like, do you want to take a walk? And I was like, yeah, sure. And so we went to this arboretum in Illinois Um, and my dad on the walk was like, you know, if you don't have a job when you graduate, that's fine. Like you can always like come home and figure things out. Like, or you can always work in like a public service or a nonprofit. Like that wouldn't be, you know, like settling that wouldn't be not using your degree. If anything, that would like help a place with like skills that they might not have like otherwise, because you really care. And, I hadn't really thought of it. And I was like, oh my God, you're right. Like, also, this is an inconvenient time for you to tell me this. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you should have told me this when I was at the ER. <laughs> but it was like what I really needed to hear at that time. And he was like, you know, maybe like while your senior year is finishing, like you should take an internship that would make you really happy. And like, you can have that and you could do your own projects and like do that while you finish up. And so I got an internship at Seattle Opera where I like may or may not work now. But um, I remember really, really enjoying like the people that I worked with. And um, I had like because, again, it was unpaid. You would get to go see all the shows and like the best seats that you could buy ever and like a couple hundred dollar seats, you know, for free. Oh, shit. Um. And that year they performed Tosca, which do you know Tosca, Rob? Tosca. Oh, it's so beautiful. Very beautiful. Uh, did you go see it when it was here? I unfortunately did not. Oh, okay. I wanted to. Do you know what Tosca is? I'm going to guess it's an opera. It's an old dope. Wait, I'll let, I'll let Rob take it away. Take it away, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, you want to know? Uh, Should I cut it in? I can cut some in. Oh, <laughs> You can like play it softly behind the story. As long as Hosier plays as my outro, that's fine. But um, I, don't know, like, I don't know if we can get the right. To that. <laughs> but uh, Puccini's beautiful, and like they had gotten their hands on a hand painted set. And the thing that I think is like so gorgeous about opera is that it's big and like very emotional, and like doesn't hold back in its emotion. And that's something that like attracts me so much because I feel like that's how I live my life. Like very big you know, like expressive. And so I sat there and this was like the first opera I'd seen like at this place and like the music starts and the curtain goes up and the first scene is in a cathedral in Italy. And the entire thing is just like hand painted and it, the stage is like several stories big. It's like three plus stories and they replicated 
like a cathedral and they lit it so as the scene went on it looks like the sun was setting like through the windows and at the end of that scene like the full chorus comes in and there's just like all these people like on stage singing and like the live orchestra was so beautiful and like also in Tosca it's like a pretty like oddly like feminist piece of work even though it's so old because like the main character like stabs a man who's going to wrong her and says this is Tosca's kiss and then stabs him and so it's like super infamous for having like a badass female character which is like not you know like it's usually like tragic women she's tragic yeah. but like it's such a piece of work that like apparently one of one person that I know that may or may not work at my institution like has a tattoo of the statue from the set like it's like a very important like piece but I'd never seen anything like that and I was just sitting there and I was like oh my like this is it and I just cried and I was like this year has been so hard and like this is just like transcendently an emotional and beautiful experience and I was like eventually I need to get myself at a place that is like sustaining stuff like this because like if this is the reaction that I'm having from this like the kind of job that I would derive meaning from is like providing opportunities for other people to feel like the way that I'm feeling right now um and so, because my life is very zigzaggy, um, I didn't have hives for the rest of the year. If I get a little hivey, I just take a Claritin, then I'm free and breezy, ready to go. Um, and I had another job interview at a place that was like, because I, I was interning at the opera and I really, really, really liked it, but um, nonprofits don't like tell you that they have jobs open. They're kind of like, oh, we'll see how it ends at the end of the year. But I was like, I gotta get something so I don't have to move back to like Chicago. I want to stay in Seattle. Yeah. So I interviewed at this place. And at this point, it was like, I had a lot of personal growth. Like, I was like, I don't want this to be like this consulting interview. And I was like, I'm just going to chill out during this interview. <laughs> and so we had the interview and I just like relaxed and went through it and like did not stress out at all and like there was a lunch involved and like I did the case study and it was just basic math and I like checked all my work and was like oh there we go like I can do basic math and then like we had the lunch and instead of like sitting there and being so scared I like cracked jokes with the like insurance dads who were there and was like ah, ha ha like isn't this fun ha he he and was just super myself and like didn't worry about it and I got the job. Hey. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I didn't even have hives. <laughs> like, <laughs> so you so you closed out the interview with? I was like, what? Thank you for the lovely interview. I didn't even have <laughs> hives. <laughs> but I was just kind and of like. <laughs> what but I thought you had to like freak out and it was also funny because it was like one of the last like big interview days like of the year and so like I got this and I got to work there for a while and it was a really great place to work but I was like you know I like I miss like being around all these fun people and like doing an arts job so like I transferred back and now I work at the opera and I don't have hives and I sometimes do but I just take a Claritin and it's easy breezy breezy. (laughs) and The real gag of it all is Hosier has not released new music and he has not called me. (laughs) (laughs) Updates. Updates. But for everyone listening, the real moral of the story is that out there somewhere, Hosier, or in like an Irish recycle bin, is my phone number.
So that's a good takeaway. <laughs> uh, I can't. I can't get over the fact that, like, why? Why not you? Why Hosier? But why Victoria's Secret? Like the most, the most romantic song <laughs> that he has. The best part was- is about like two corpses <laughs> yeah. rotting together. Oh, yeah. Like, why is he at a lingerie show? No, and it was really funny because like I watched it because like duh, but um. <laughs> It was really weird because he like sang Take Me to Truth. It was really somber and like everybody walked around him and then afterwards I was like, what is this? And the other artist that year was Ed Sheeran. So like, what? Oh boy. It was just a very visceral experience. But I don't know. I'm having weird reactions to it. I didn't even see it. Are you having hives? No, I'm just kidding. You know, I wonder if I do get them sometimes. Do you ever do you ever get hives? You get like weird red splotchiness. That that could be it. If you take a Zyrtec or a Claritin, and I have um, Costco knockoff of Zyrtec, and it's <laughs> hey. real good. It's- Actually, it doesn't happen much anymore because I don't drink anymore. Yeah, because alcohol triggers it, and that's why. Like the very first time it happened, I was drinking a beer, and then I was like, "Women aren't valued," and then I got hives. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, we all we all come to our conclusions at our own pace. <laughs> We're all we're all working there. Oh yeah, we're all working. Um, yeah. Now's the Q and A portion. Ooh, yeah. Um, I feel like I interjected during the story. Oh, I felt like I just like went on the steam truck. And well, just, you knew what you were doing. I've been like I've been practicing for this story while I've listened to like washed out walking to work for like weeks. <laughs> What is washed out? Oh my gosh. Rob? You knew. Oh, he's shaking his head. Okay. Uh, It's a really good band, and I went to their concert last night. It was really, really good. I'll cut them in too. Up to 30 seconds is fair use. Oh, is it? Oh, perfect. Nice. (laughs) Let's just fill the entire episode like a running soundtrack underneath of. 29 second clips of assorted songs. I realize I said that really confidently and it's just a thing I think is true. <laughs> so I'll have to look it up also. <laughs> can I, Trust can I, but verify. Can I ask a question if people want to answer the question? Yes. If you don't want to answer the question, you don't have We're to. We're all here to answer questions. Okay. Sure. When you were in college slash like post-college stuff, were you very nervous about getting jobs? Yeah. I was incredibly nervous. I got, I did the jet program right after graduating. Yeah. Um, So that kind of, it kind of delayed the panic. Yeah. For a couple of years. (laughs) But then when the jet program ended and I was like moving away from Japan. Yeah. And like I had been trying to get a job in in Tokyo to try and stay. And uh, I like, I had applied for some jobs that I didn't actually want, but I was like, yeah. well, this will let me stay in this country, and I think I want to. <laughs> and then I didn't get those, and I had to leave. And I was just like a wreck, like, crying and, like, trying to be like, what the fuck am I doing now? I'm moving oh, yeah. back to America. Like, I, <laughs> do I want to do that? Where am I going? What am I going to do? I don't know how to do anything. <laughs> Did you get hot? <laughs> I didn't, but... I as as you were talking about like a panic attack like basically simulating anaphylactic shock. Yeah. Very recently within the last year I've done that to <gasps> myself. I oh got um a flu shot for the first time. Oh. And uh since I'd never had a flu shot, 
they were like, you need to sit here to see if you react. And I'm a hypochondriac <gasps> and run on anxiety. Yes. So like being told, you might react to this. I was, I just like sat there and was like, my throat's getting tight. <laughs> I'm getting really hot. This is really bad. And I was like, I just sat there and then they're like 15 minutes passed and they're like, okay, you can go. And I was like, okay, okay. Like, I don't think I'm having a reaction, but maybe I am. But I'll just walk away. And then I like left and my throat kept getting tighter. And I, yeah. like, wa- I like walked back in the room and I was like, <laughs> hey, I think my throat's getting kind of tight and stuff. And like to their credit, they were like, listen, if you had a reaction, you'd be on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was And then you pretty... immediately fall over. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. I wish I could say, so like one thing that I like wanted to add as a caveat is I wish I could like end the story and be like, and then my life was perfect. I've been to the ER too many times. Like, I need a punch card at this point. Like, <laughs> I think they, I don't know if they know me, but like I was in the ER like a couple weeks ago because I woke up with a vertigo, which I've never had before. Have you ever had it? Okay. So I woke up and I was like, why am I hungover? And I'm like, I didn't drink. And then I was like, I've got the spins. And then my heart started racing because I was scared. And then I was freaked out and dizzy and had to go again. And the guy, like the blood guy had to tell me jokes to like calm me down and give me a warm blanket. (laughs) They're like, I feel like every time I go to the ER, like rent kind family members. I'm like paying for somebody to pretend to be like a kind family member. (laughs) Yeah. Why doesn't my insurance cover love? God, it was that they were like, you have vertigo. Here's some motion sickness medicine. I was like, okay. And it was like, is the heart racing part of it? And they're like, no, breathe into a bag. (laughs) put this blanket over your face yeah hold it there you'll calm down did i ever tell you sam the the dirty popcorn story no but i like the title (laughs) also my senior year this is just like a highlight reel of my non-finest moments um i uh was at a party and i there there was popcorn and we were in a backyard in Seattle and some of it fell on the ground in the backyard and I ate it and was like would it be funny if I got food poisoning and then the next morning I got food poisoning from eating popcorn with mud and like the really yeah it was really bad in the emergency room what was hanging out in your yard (laughs) I don't know it was like somebody else's it was bad and they were like what did you eat today? And I was like, mud. <laughs> I ate some rustic popcorn. Yeah. My rustic. I mean, uh, um, okay. I, I, I like, cha- I channel surfed quickly because I was excited that somebody else is like a contract. Um, <laughs> Sam, were you freaked out about getting a job? Uh, no, I spent college becoming progressively more and more of like a crazy drunk. Mm. So I just did theater and improv stuff and then spent four years there, but like flunked out at the end anyway, Mm. and then left and was like, I am, my entire goal was to be like as plain as possible. (laughs) It's like my whole post-college goal is to get a job. And just do that. Anything. <laughs> I don't care what it is. I ended up like being a cook for a while. And I was yeah, like, and the, this like, is fine. This is perfectly fine. And that's all I want right now. It's interesting because like 
two things that I think I've learned um, is that, at least like about myself, is that, first of all, I really dislike when people are like, well, that person's really smart. Because I'm like, are they just good at memorizing or do they just like to read as a hobby? Or like, what, why are you associating that? I don't know. It's just like a weird pet peeve of mine. Like, um, which I have no idea if that's valid or not, but I admire people who are interesting rather than like smart. Yeah. And I feel like something that they don't teach in college, which I wish they did. And which I think like would help people feel better is like the importance of a well-balanced life instead of one that you're like, Oh, you're just going to do this. And then everything will be like better. I don't know. Well, yeah. Of all those people who like got in from that group interview and you didn't like, yeah, probably 60% of them are just fucking miserable. Oh yeah. Well, like I know people have left and that was the interesting (laughs) thing. Like, and you're like, uh huh, came crawling Bye. back, did ya? <laughs> Don't want to talk over me now. Would you like to go to the opera? Oh, no. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. I'm going to go watch people sing and you can be sad outside. I don't know. I just like, I'm thinking back, like, it's really weird. And I think that, um, I don't, any culture that's like, oh, if you do this, you're successful, like, is, I feel like pretty toxic. And yeah. I feel like that's college in a way sometimes. I couldn't handle the college environment. It's yeah. too weird and artificial. Yeah. It's like putting a bunch of hornets in a jar <laughs> and then shaking it and then shaking it <laughs> and being like, only the best hornets come out alive. Oh my God. I don't, I think I've told you about this a little bit, but I like, uh, I went to an arts high school. Oh boy, was that a fun environment. It was, was it just like fame? Basically. And like MTV was going to do a reality show there. And then our president was like, no, you can't like follow around our students. But it was hilarious because it was like all of us away. Oh yeah, it was a boarding school. So we were all away from our families alone. And they're like, make the best art you can. And also you're like a teenager. Go. Oh boy. Oh boy. That's a that's a lot going on. It was once. hilarious. <laughs> but oh god, I can only imagine like being a theater major in college. <laughs> like, oh. I mean, the best thing I got out of college was four years of improv. Yeah, I started improv in college too, and I feel like it's like one of my best. Like, it's like the one thing I've kept doing. <laughs> I'm still like great at Excel. I'll be confident and lean into that one. <laughs> I'm great at Excel. <laughs> I've sat and taught myself Excel so oh, I could yeah. make a form for people who don't know how to fill out <laughs> forms. I was like, I'm tired of fixing this for you. So here's one that does all of the work for you. I fucking taught myself Excel so that you don't have to do any work. Okay. I'm going to ask one more group question. Yes, and then yes. I think like, that's all the info I have. Um, are you, are you the kind of people that like, if you're sick, do you go to a doctor right away? And are you kind of like, I'm going to like, I'm going to have them like confirm this and then everybody will, everybody will be taught. You go first. Um, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite, I guess. Like I am a hypochondriac, but I just, there's part of me that thinks as long as I don't go to the doctor and confirm that this is real, maybe it's not. <laughs> You know, mm. like when the doctor tells me that I have a tumor, that's when the tumor will really start to exist. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, 
until then. Was this like Schrodinger's diagnosis? Yeah, that's like as long I, as you never open the box. I know, like, it may or may not be in there. If I like say it out loud, I realize how stupid it is. But it's like actually okay. the way my internal. Okay, in the spirit of living very openly, I yes, have like yes, yes, another yes. thing I can share. Oh, it'll be like the bonus little secret about me. You can if you like make it to the end. Um, so <laughs> I have get this far. I have listener? a. Is it benign? Benign is not growing, right? Yeah. I have a benign tumor in my brain on the little part that makes hormones and didn't know about it until I was 23, 24. Yeah. 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 And it's weird because like I went to the doctor and I was like, this weird stuff is happening and I am probably Rob's nightmare because they were like, oh my God, you might have this very rare thing. And I'm like, no, I don't. But it just like hangs out. Yeah. It's just like cool. Yeah. Like I might have to have a surgery to take it out. Slash I take like medicine to shrink it. It's, it's really weird, but Mm. I have to just go get MRIs twice a year. And then, um, which like super fortunate, but the weirdest thing is that I used to have a lot of headaches and they went away. It's because there's not a lot of real estate up there in the dog. <laughs> things get a little cramped. Yeah, things get a little cramped. But I was like, of course, the one thing that I'm like, oh, I'll just like mention this at my doctor's appointment. They're like, wait. <laughs> and they Hold were on. so, okay, the other thing that was like rude was that this was not Dr. Mocha, by the way. It's another doctor. But they, this was like their house moment where they got to diagnose this like really <laughs> obscure thing and like they like did very general like doctoring so they never get this and they were so excited about it i was like calm down like <laughs> this is my tumor moment like this is you my- celebrate after yes i was like i know this is probably like the highlight of your week <laughs> Yeah, and I told my friend who's in med school, and they're like, oh, yeah, they're probably very excited. And I'm like, rude, rude. Yeah. But, yeah, it doesn't do anything. It's just there. Yeah. Weird, huh? Yeah. I I bulldozed you. Are you the kind of person that goes to the doctor? You didn't bulldoze me. There was a conversation there. No. no. (laughs) Uh, I have gone to a doctor... I mean, I've done like when you have to do physicals oh, yeah. for like school sports. Mm-hmm. And then I had tonsillitis in high school. Ugh. And I have never like walked into a doctor's office to be like, hey, I should get this thing checked since then. And I've been talking about it for like six months now <laughs> because there's definitely something like invading my left sinus that just Ooh. like is definitely in there and just sort of chilling out and mm. like screwing up the works. Yeah. So every day I'm like, yeah, you really should make that appointment. And I'm talking <laughs> to my mom. She's like, you really should make that appointment. Oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll ask about the heart palpitation later too. Like whatever <laughs> things hurt. That's life. <laughs> I just sit on problems until I get used to them enough that I just don't really notice <laughs> them it's anymore. Like it's a part of me now. It's just re- now it's just regular life, and you can't bother going to the doctor about regular life. My very nice boyfriend has now taken me to the ER twice. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, the other thing that's good is, like, I have a friend who, like, has gone to the ER multiple times, so she just drives me now, and I'm like, it's happening! And they're like, okay. <laughs> Like, he has a, a one note on his phone about all the people he sees in the waiting room when I'm 
there. <laughs> <laughs> was he I, doing like fucking character studies? <laughs> yeah. There was one guy. Can I tell a poop story and then I'll like. Yes. Okay. So there was one guy and I feel bad. I was like, it was when I had vertigo and I'm sobbing in the chair because like everything's spinning and I'm just like. <laughs> guy and the worst part about the ER is you have to like announce what's wrong with you to the window so everyone else hears it and so 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 bad so he like goes to the window and he's like visibly uncomfortable they're like sir what's wrong he's like i am extremely constipated and they're like okay you have to go sit down he's like i need relief soon I'm just sitting there, like the world is spinning. Tears are like going down my face, and so he sits down and starts playing cell phone games and groans, and I'm like, I can't do this. And so then, um, and so then when I was when I was being treated for my vertigo, my boyfriend told me that he went to the bathroom, and then like he could hear a very loud groan, and he came out and told the desk, I don't need my appointment. <laughs> You and I've relieved myself and then just left. <laughs> so, there's that. God. <laughs> Sam is crying right now. <laughs> Part of me just wants to know what the, what the turd actually looked like. Know, right? Like, what could the offending object have been? Just imagining like a like a wad of bird seed. Oh no! Like when you smush it in with peanut butter so that you could like hang it from. I don't know why that's in there. Guess what I learned by that? What? <laughs> that's what you don't do. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. End podcast, please. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Button, so many buttons. Boom. Button tower. <laughs> oh, what a beautiful story. Thank you so much, Erica, thank for you. coming on and telling that. <laughs> um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, you've been great. Keep on keeping on. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you next week with a new person and a new story and some new things that you shouldn't do. Bye-bye. Each week, we were born sick. You heard them say it. My church offers no absolutes. She tells me worship in the bedroom.